Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and boy, am I excited for this next guest. So, we are doing our author series for What's Cracking, and sometimes you need a bedtime story, don't you? Sometimes you like a little bit of a fairy tale, don't you? Sometimes you just need that little erotic twist, don't you? Well, we got you covered on this one. Our next author is none other than Elsie Moon from Fairy Tales from the Underworld, part one. A bedtime story, Beauty Meets the Beast. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you might not want to read this one to your kids. All this and more, Internet's What's Cracking. Author edition. Hit it. Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here. And boy, do we have another exciting edition of What's Cracking. It is our, ooh, our author edition. Look at that. We are bringing you the biggest and brightest and bestest of the whole entire universe, world, and galaxies, depending which one's bigger in your point of view. And we have none other than L.C. Moon, who is the author of Fairy Tales from the Underworld, Part 1, A Bedtime Story. Spoiler, it's not a bedtime story for kids. Beauty meets the beast. L.C., how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. Question number one in theoretical particle physics. No, that's the <laughs> wrong interview. New set of questions. Sorry, my bad. No. So when you were writing this, I just want to kind of break through your your ability to write something. Does it go in your head first and then you get it in a page or you plot it out like chapter by chapter? How do you write your books? Right. Well, I mean, this is my first book, so I can be <laughs> about the technique so far. Yes. And it's actually, I didn't really have a technique. It's been a story that's been with me for so long. And it's always, um, it's kind of started as a story I would tell myself before going to bed because, you know, I was always imagining this really intense relationship, how it would play out. And every night I would add on to it and add on to it until it became an actual like beginning to end act one act two act three stories and after that I would just I've always written but poetry I was never right. never wrote a book I never set out to write a book but I always enjoyed reading from my own and I was discussing with a friend and I was telling her like you know I thought of this really cool story blah 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 and she was like Lynn, you have to, like you have to put it in a book you know this is an amazing story you have, like just write it and see where where you know you go from there and I started just doing it on my own how I go is like I have to see the scene in my head first as if it was right. a movie and then I try to put on paper the ex I try to replicate what I see in my head on paper and that's how I always go scene by scene when I'm writing that's awesome and I wonder how close do you get from the senior head to the words on the page? How close I get from the senior head to the senior in your head? Yeah, because you have this perfect vision in your head. You're going to see everything, and it's going to be this and this happens like a movie yeah. in your head. Yeah. How close do you get that reality onto the page? I honestly will not stop until I get it. So I can spend an entire evening on one stupid paragraph and like drive myself crazy and sometimes i'm in the zone and i'm boom 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 but as long as it doesn't match exactly not just like what the right. characters are doing but the vibe the reaction the, the the mannerism to me they're all 
very real characters and it has to stay true to their authentic selves and the vibe and the mood of what I'm feeling. And I want the, uh, the readers to go through how I felt when I was experiencing it in my head. Well, that's wonderful. I think that comes through. The perfection comes through. So I know we reviewed it. Spoiler alert. We reviewed it for our site. And again, Fairy Tales from the Underworld, part one of Bedtime Story, Beauty Meets the Beast, not for kids. And that's, I think, the first thing our review says, not for little kids. But it is a bedtime story from a certain point of view. And from our review, we're going to gush a bit. We thought it was brilliantly done. It was smooth. All the things popped out. It created the universe there. Some people have a hard time creating universes. So I think that hard work paid off. Thank you. Right? I mean, that's. that's I am a Virgo, so we're perfectionist by nature. It's a gift and a curse. And, but I think it's definitely worth it at the end because there's nothing worse than you're, you know, you're really submerged in an experience and then a bit of a dialogue or something just like throws it off and then you're yeah. aware that you're reading a story as opposed to experiencing it. So that's what I wanted to avoid. And I think you hit the realistically. Now, I have to ask because I know what the book's about. I've been, I've been, for those who don't know, I do read once in a while. Every once in a while, I do read. Not my book, though. <laughs> Not yet. I didn't review this. this. is the thing. I didn't review your... That's why my staff members, like, they reviewed it. But I said I would read it, and I started reading. I'm like, okay. My question was, how old were you when you had the story in your head? Right. Um, I would say, like, early teens. <laughs> uh, yeah. Early- <laughs> the story is like, uh, okay, so your bedtime story in your head. Yeah. And you're, you told your friends this this particular story that I'm starting to read. Yeah, but that, I was older when I told her about it. Like, I started, like, <laughs> the main, like, the characters or dynamic that started. It started that then. Okay, got it. That makes, I was like, my gosh, like, you're more open than I was when I was in, like, teenagers. No, 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 no. That was in around, like, 2013, whatever. It was, like, before I released it the first time. So it really took time to grow and grow and grow and grow. Yeah. And you had the whole thing, you had the whole thing juggling from start to beginning? Yeah. Or, wait, that is the same start and beginning is the same thing. Right. And on, not, not, you know, not every scene explicitly, <laughs> but their right. journey, the, the key scenes, the key aspects right. of their journey together. Yeah, that I definitely knew, like going in where, where, where all that was going to lead. And you had this as a single book. I know this is part one, so I'm guessing it's going to be part two and part three, part Z. Three. Three, three okay. Yeah. Three and done. Just like Star Wars should have been. Three and done. Oh, I mean, I'm the generation of, like, the, the second <sighs> one, like, the second <laughs> So I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was censoring my thought. Although, you're right, I should censor your Jar Jar Binks with the... Oh, and that, Natalie Portman, I love Natalie. Natalie Portman was good in it. No, I'll give me Natalie Portman. And I got to see Yoda jump around. Everything else is kind of like, I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. We all have one. So, if you had the entire... Did you did you have the trilogy planned out as a kid? Or did you just had no. the first part as a kid? No, it was really the first part. And it okay. was actually, at first, it was meant to be just that. And I was discussing with my very close group of beta readers, friends, trusted companions in this journey that were like, no, 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 there's more to the story, Lynn, just go back to the writing board, figure it out, there's no way it ends there. And at first I was kind of annoyed, I was like, well, it's my story, this is how it ends. And the more I thought about it, the more the story continued to reveal it to me. And there was still some aspect, that's why it took so long. There was some aspect that I still didn't even know. And then later on, the more I 
delved into their universe and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And sometimes I made connections that I didn't even make and I made them later. I was like, oh, that's why this, because it makes sense, you know? So on some level, I feel like it was always a whole and I just picked up little pieces at a time, you know? I, I like that because I like that you took the beta readers seriously because some people think, again, writing, what was it? Like Chris Titus and Tony Horton talking about this, like it's ego. It's so weird because we're both Virgos. I'll, I'll give a spoiler alert. In this yes. <laughs> so for, for me, I, I've been maybe accused of having a big ego. At the same time, very fragile one. It's like the biggest, biggest ego in the world. Like I can do everything. I'm very like somehow fragile at the same time. Shocking. I know. I know, I know, I know how very, I know exactly. It. And I think being able to take that advice from the beta readers, because there's a temptation to going like, my books, go F yourselves. Of course. And even like when I'm sending them chapter to chapter, and every time there was a comment, my heart would sink and I'd be like, you know, like how she just doesn't understand the genius, behind, you know, and then you have to take a reality check and be like, you know what, I, the way I deal with my ego is I have a very fragile ego. I have imposter syndrome. I did not study creative writing. I, I didn't do the official, you know, like the way you're supposed to do it. I just did my own thing. And in the end, I understood how much my beta readers cared about the story and the point is to make the story as good as possible and to yeah. take the backseat to the story. It's not my chance to shine. It's the story's chance. The story's chance. Right? Very good. I, I appreciate that. And I think that's something that a lot of younger writers, especially or newer writers, have to learn the hard way. Taking criticism. That's one of the things you said about your background. Like, I didn't go to creative. I did. And that's part of the things that you see is being able to take a punch. You, you have to be able to go, I had this scene in my head. It, want, it just fell flat. Yeah. And how to make it better. Okay, I got this advice. Now I can make this better. Of course. It's crushing so, because yeah. you, you doubt yourself. And then, mm -hmm. you know, so, but like I said, because I just kept focusing on the story itself. And as long as I would see it as, okay, I can do better. Not I did wrong. I can do better. I can bring it closer to where I'm supposed to be. So, you know, my beta has faith in me that I can do better. She's not telling me you're not good. She's telling me, do it do it justice do it better so it's a vote of confidence if you look at it like that right absolutely and, and, and that's the thing is anyone who's taken enough time to read through everyone's stuff and give them feedback they're invested in you they're invested in you they're invested in the story already so their feedback is just not to be mean it is to make things better and i appreciate it and it comes through when your book is your book out I know we got an arc. I know it was out at the beginning and it stopped and then it's coming out soon again yeah so what happened is uh, I wrote the book initially in 2014 okay. and it's an interesting project because how it happens is my sister is a composer and I didn't tell her anything. I just sent her the, you know, the chapters I was writing them just right. for her, for her feedback. And she felt really inspired by the story that she composed in an in instrumental soundtrack for it without telling me anything. And I kind of recognize it. Like I was listening to the, to the musical pieces. I was like, Lana, is that like Laura and Kane's song? Is that this? Is that that part? And she was like, yes. You know, oh my God, I can believe like, oh, wow. yes, I did a good job. If I can, you know, if you were able to guess that it's their music, then I did it correctly. And it became a very collaborative creative process. That's she cool. would give me feedback on my writing and I would give her feedback on her music. I was like, yeah, that's not Kane. That's too aggressive. That's too this. That's too that, you know? And uh, her husband, may he rest in peace, 
really wanted to, he, he saw the opportunity and he wanted to right. see this and he was a businessman. So he wanted to take over publishing and the, you know, the, the CD and everything. At the time we were selling CDs in 2014. Wow. I remember yeah. those times. And unfortunately, uh, he passed away. It was a very big thing that happened in my family. And I was going through very difficult struggles at the time on a personal level, which I will spare you the joys of being a Virgo when your life is crashing down. But I stepped away from writing altogether. I stepped away. We took the book off the shelves. I was crushed. I was not to be able to write. And it was honestly like very serendipitous. In 2022, it was actually my publicist who reached out to me and he was like, like, there's a very, there's a very real opportunity. I think you need to work on this right now to re-release it. And after what, almost eight years of not touching anything, I decided to, you know what, let me, let me go, go read it again. And, you know, maybe just like, make sure, you know, clean it up. And as I went back to just clean it up, I realized, you know what? I've evolved a lot in those past eight to 10 years. I think I can do the story even, you know, do it more justice. Even Wait, more. Did you, I mean, what major events could have happened in the last couple of years that would make people introspective and go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Honestly, I was really amazingly and pleasantly surprised by the number of readers that stayed like loyal and followed and yeah that was honestly as an author it was the biggest compliment i honestly i was like you know what even if one person reads it i'll be happy you know like if one person appreciates it i would have done my job anyway for me anyways and the response I've been getting has been so amazing from my 2014 readers. And honestly, I'm just gathering new readers. A lot of people don't know about the background and it doesn't matter. You don't need to, you know, the story is its own universe, you know, regardless of its past. So yeah, it's been- well, that's one of the things I really like what I see and I, I love the journey of it. I love the information at the end of it. And when we're talking about writing and writing processes, you talked about this going out first and then it kind of went off the shelf and then came back, right? So as we're doing this series for authors and young aspiring writers, what advice would you give aspiring writers? Young? (laughs) Well, you know, young is always... Um, Come on. My advice, I would say, stay true to your passion. Stay right. as long as you're excited by what you write, and you genuinely feel it. Obviously, you know how to keep your ego in check. When there's a good criticism, learn how to take it. Yes. But I find sometimes I was feeling a lot of pressures to fit into a certain mold, especially that my book is considered dark romance, dark erotica. There are specific tropes that the readers expect. And I've had a lot of readers lash out completely. I did my own thing and really like very, you know, they were very, you can see in the reviews, they're very upset. I'm like, why would you do that? That's a horrible way to, you know, end things or whatever. There's a bit of a twist ending, a bit of a cliffhanger. So, and I had to accept that price to pay. I I accept that it's not for everyone and it's okay. But my yes. readers, the people it's meant for, will appreciate it. I, I think that's exactly it. Yeah. So many people try to write for everyone. Like, we want to please all people at all times, Virgo again. Yeah. And it's just, you can't. You because you're gonna make, especially now, you're gonna make someone mad somewhere. I mean, exactly. the, the most benign joke, like, oh, we can't say that anymore. But we can't. We just said it. So, <laughs> some someone laughed. Now, 
I, you, I'm glad you said there's a twist ending. Now, without spoilers, without spoilers. Yes. Who does Kylo Ren kill in this one? So oh, best I best believe one. it's his twin daughters. Oh, Kylo, Quint, t- Kylo Ren kills first Papa and then the twin daughter. Oh my gosh. But Kylo Ren is the guy or the girl in the new one? The guy. Okay, yeah, that's the Adam dude, right? Yeah, that's the Adam, Adam well, dude. I liked his portrayal, to be honest. He wasn't bad. I was... I actually kind of see him in your book, by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did not expect to cover Star Wars that much. <laughs> We're talking about Star Wars and only Star Wars. No, but if you're casting your book, yes. don't you see Don't you see Adam Driver in your book? No, I, I, that's so funny you say that. Me and my sister no. actually sat down and did a full casting of the characters. Cast it, cast it, cast it, cast it. Who, okay. So Kane, I imagine a mix of like Ben Barnes and Henry Cavill. Mm, yes. Laura, I imagine like a young Kate Moss, Natalie oh. Portman, that style. So who knows who's talking about Star Wars now, huh? Yeah, see? Uh, so uh, I'm not going to give away the, the, the other. No, yeah, no, nothing. But I, 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 can <laughs> I can see that. Now, maybe because I have Adam Driver topless in my mind. But maybe that's what I'm saying. With Henry, it's so much hotter. <laughs> No, spo- no, no spoilers. No judgment. No judgment. It's all good. And plus, he's not doing Superman anymore. Well, we'll do there you go. He's free. He's, he's, he's free. He's free. Uh, oh my gosh. He's gonna watch Haunted Montreal. <laughs> Maybe you should send it to his people. Well, actually, actually uh, we played Witcher. So, for you're doing this, is there pressure then for the sequel? Like the sophomore blues is an oh, album, right? Of course. Oh, there's a huge pressure, and I've been told as. Any author, your second book is the hardest one to write. And it's not just my second book. It's the second one of the trilogy, which I understand is the the hardest one to write. Right. So, yeah, it's very difficult because I'm not starting from a clean slate. I have to take all the elements from volume one and take them into volume two and still make being true to the past and merge it. So it's a very, you're very limited in your creative, you know, uh, like creative process but at the same time you still want it to be its own thing you don't want to replicate too much but you want to be to the essence so it's it's very difficult but i am enjoying it and that's the one thing i'm really trying to do is to enjoy the process because i know once and now i'm looking forward to publication to but then once it's published i'm like oh i missed the days when i was in my living room no stress just writing right just doing it and chilling out and now it's a deadline it's herping weight so That's now I just want to enjoy it. And I'm, you know, I'm behind the curtains. I'm doing my own thing. My readers are, have been amazing with me, patient, understanding. They're there. They're loyal. I'm super blessed. I'm very thankful to the people that I've had around me. I think as an artist, as anybody in life, you just need to have a good support around you, whether it's family or friends, because the highs because. are highs and the lows are lows, right? Like, yeah, it's your baby you're putting out there. It's your heart and soul. And as evolve as you want to be criticism is it's harsh you know it's one of those things that they, they can't teach you how to deal with unless you just get like it's basically pricking yourself again and again and again and eventually like oh i can take it now now for your can we get about the second title yeah okay yeah. so the first one's fairy tales from the underworld part one a bedtime story beauty makes beast and the second one's gonna be what so the second one is called uh the berry tale and it's mm. star-crossed lovers Nice. And the third one is Ode to the Fallen, Down the Rabbit Hole. And that was the third trilogy. That is very, very cool. I'm, okay. 
That means you either had a lot of dreams as a, as a little girl yeah, or I've always, I've had the craziest dreams my entire life, crazy nightmares, crazy adventures, usually more negative than positive. I haven't had those like, Hey, I had such a restful sleep. Like, <laughs> no. I've always had crazy nightmares. I've always had a very, very, you know, like I'm, I've been very, uh, yeah, I have a crazy imagination. I'm always, as a kid, I spent a lot of time alone, always lost in my world, telling myself stories, imagining stories. I spent a lot of time reading, watching movies. So storytelling yeah. in its art, you know, whether it's via books or novellas or theater or movies or Broadway, it's just something that really resonates with me because I find it it's not only diverse, but it helps. It helps that there's, yes. there's lessons, there's wisdom, there's, you know, there's things you can take from that, so... I, I agree. And I think that is a part where people want to do a movie or they want to do a book or they want to do a story and they haven't read I'm like, or watched. I'm like, how do you tell a story if you haven't seen how to do it? Like, I'm so glad you said you read a lot, especially as a kid and watching all these movies because it helps get the structure of a story. You start learning the rhythms. You start learning the actual structures you're putting it in. And it works in the, it sounds weird, but that is actually part of the work. Of course, of course. And, you know, just so you get that, it becomes second nature to you. So even like, in, like, I'm sure it's the same thing for you, Jim, but like 90% of the movies I watch, I can tell you within five minutes exactly what's going to yeah. happen, right? Yeah. So when you watch a movie that can surprise you, it's such a like, wow moment. And that's why you want to be comfortable. I did. And anyway, I wanted to be comfortable in the narrative that so i have that structure from yes. everything that has built me up that has helped create me as an author but at the same time i wanted to do my own take on it i want to put my little spice you know that's very very important and you're doing this right now on fairy tales from the underworld.com right clm yeah and there's uh the original soundtrack that's available there as well so i really hope uh, you guys will check it out it's i checked out the site it's amazing we were looking at this before and the instagrams and the other grams and the telegrams <laughs> and the whatever grams it's, it's so that's the thing there's so much more to do Right before this call, I was doing like, I was doing Facebook. I'm, I'm back on Facebook now. It's whatever. But, I left, don't feel bad. Oh, gosh. There's so much more to producing your book in 2023 and, and pushing your book in 2023 than it was like, 2013. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the business side and the creative side? I'm very lucky. I have an amazing team around me. I have my publicist. I have my marketing team. So they can focus on the that part of it. And I can yeah. focus more on actually the creative process and, you know, interviews like that. I mean, this is amazing. I love doing that again. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. And uh, so Thanks that's part here. of that to me is fun. You know, I'm getting to, yes. you're getting to know me. We're having a normal conversation. But being in charge of social media and stuff, I'm letting other people handle that. That they're better at it, anyways. It's more their yes. their thing. You know, I'm not a great salesperson. I don't like the feeling of you know. You haven't sold me on Costco poutine yet. <laughs> so uh, when you do that, you're like, oh, it sells itself. Let me tell you that, Jim. <laughs> you're gonna go there. You're gonna take a picture and say, "Where have you been all my life?" And you're gonna post it on Instagram. Like, I'll yeah. be looking out for that post. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they do good stuff. Costco though. did not sponsor this, FYI. <laughs> this is yeah, but if you're running after a spot, no, I was going to do a sponsored market. So, 
I appreciate all of this time, and I do have one last, one final questions mm-hmm. before you, we let you go on the next book. The first one, of course, is called Fairy Tales from the Underworld, Part 1, A Bedtime Story, Beauty Meets the Beast, which you can get right now, correct, or soon, at fairytalesfromtheunderworld.com. Check it out, bookmark it, always come back to it, follow everyone, like, like, click subscribe, and go. I do, like you said, you had up the street team, because I just like, balance everyone's mic off because you can't do this alone you this is uh, creative arts you cannot do alone like i want to be the writer in the ivy tower that's nice but no one's going to read them you have to have a team so what goes into a good team for you first of all you need to be a trust trust you yes. need to be able to trust each other to know that you have each other's best interest at heart and so i wouldn't just hire a stranger to do that even if they're an expert i don't have the budget for that anyway so right. somebody you trust somebody who who naturally who believes in the project if it's just your friend and she's good at it but she's doing it to you as a favor there's only that much that somebody can do as a favor so yeah. they have they, there has to be something in it for them and they have to believe in the project and they have to have the skill, the work ethics. And you have to have that relationship where you can generally be yourself and give each other that criticism without always having to wear, you know, those five pairs of white gloves. And, you know, yeah. so I think that's really the, 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 yeah, that's the most important for me. That's what's been, been able to keep the project going. And sometimes, you know, we have it down. One one person is a bit more demoralized. So the others will be like, no, it's good. No, no, no. So we can keep it. Exactly. Yeah. We can, you know, pump each other yeah. up and everything. So it's it's a friendship too. It's not just a marketing team. You know, you have to be a team in real life. And I think that, especially as aspiring, you know, authors that you don't have unlimited budget and resources. No, I, I appreciate that. I still remember like the, we started as a punk zine publisher and it's, like punks like Amelia G and Forrest Black and like Blue Blood and they would start out Black Blood Times, the whole actual street teams, they would go yeah. out and put flyers out yeah. and it's just yeah. like a couple people with like a Xerox machine. That's all it was back in the day. And yeah. now it's kind of like the digital version of this, but you had yeah. to trust each other. Otherwise, you know, there's a dumpster right there, like the old Mitch Hardberg joke, like yeah. fifteen hundred houses or one dumpster. Uh, well, I mean, that's where I, where I say they have they have to have something in it for them. So yes. you know, like we have an actual business agreement in place. Yes. So they are going to collect on the success of the book yes. within their best interest for the book to succeed. And it doesn't like yay, you know, the author is yeah. happy. So obviously, human nature we're selfish by nature. You know, we can. We can try to be as nice as possible, but we, there are some facts about human nature that you can't just disregard, and you should work with it, which is part of uh, my book, Human Nature. Not, always, <laughs> not everyone is nice, and you know. There it, is goes, boy, it goes brilliant. I, I think that is part of it right there with the fairy tales from the Underworld Part 1, Bedtime Story. Now, if you were going to give one piece of advice to either your younger self as a writer or just writers in general one thing one takeaway of you learn that you think everyone should absolutely do what would it be trust yourself trust yourself boom awesome sauce i agree i agree lc moon that's what i do it that's what i would tell my younger self you do no i've not accomplished that in my sense yet every day you should but you know no 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 but i mean it's an ongoing struggle and i guess just know that you're not alone feeling that imposter syndrome that you know everyone is going through those doubts and i I find a lot of times you feel so alone i'm the martyr i'm the you know oh woe is me and no 
we're all struggling. You're not alone. You're not crazy. Do your best. And it's enough. Forget the rest. Absolutely. Right? Well, Elsie Moon, I appreciate it. And if you want to check out Elsie Moon's work, go to fairy tales, plural, from the underworld.com. And also check out part one of Bedtime Story, Beauty Meets Beats, and get the soundtrack. Get it all in. Go all in. Make us, you deserved evening like this. Go all in. Play the soundtrack. Read it. Get a bubble bath. It's all goodness. Elsie Moon, thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much. It was truly a pleasure being here. Bye, everyone. Bye.